Hello, welcome back to Immature Politics with me, Terry Wang. And me, Cooper Smith. Today, we're going to be talking about education, which is fairly, um, how should I say this, relatable or what? What's a better word for this? Uh, I'd say uh, relatable or grassroots, I'd yeah. say. Um, it's something that, really, that affects most everyone in the country. Yeah. That Directly, and- every day. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, well, we're going to be talking about education, the current issues surrounding education, and um, you know stuff like Common Core, stuff like national and state standards. Uh, today's episode is going to be a bit shorter, around thirty minutes. We're going to try to experiment with that, which means that for um, current events are going to be cut out for this segment. Um, this relates a lot to us, right? that yeah it is it does um you know what else relates to us what else the current situation in the library yeah not just the uh, library but also the english hall oh yeah yeah well not the english hall but the english buildings yeah well the english building is closer to the library yeah yeah there's asbestos i mean i guess now i can just Go to the library to get cancer instead of looking at MAGA posts. <laughs> looking at what? MAGA posts, make American Great Again posts. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so... not going to lie. <laughs> not as bad as Bernie posts, though. Um, Alrighty. I mean, I, I don't think Bernie posts are that bad. But oh, they're, any they're, post they're really that, bad. Any really posts that are extremely, extremely partisan give me cancer well pretty much all bernie posts are that (laughs) anyway let's begin the discussion uh who started off last last time i started off last time cooper would you like to go all right so on the topic of education i believe that the current way in which uh, our education system is forming is a uh, formulated uh, in the way in which the federal government, uh, its intervention in the education process is overreaching and unconstitutional. I believe that education is a power that is reserved to the states under the 10th Amendment and that uh, states ought to have the right to establish their own curriculums uh, to appropriate funds for the funding of their own schools. Uh, and that they should be free from any sort of national federal curriculum that is established through programs such as Common Core or be subject to any de facto curriculum established by the federal government through, uh, through public education grants. Well, okay. So my position on this, it's... I get. Uh, I guess you can say I'm taking a very federalist stance when it comes to education in general. What do you mean federalist uh, stance? Well, if we go back to the basic federalist ideas um, in the when it came to creating the Constitution with Alexander Hamilton, um, it the federalists argued for a very strong central government. Um, well, they and they they hmm? they, they um. They advocated for a federal government that that was uh, strong enough to uh, 
provide for the common defense and the general welfare, but at no point. And I think, I think education does fall under the general welfare. Well, clearly it doesn't. I'm I'm sorry. I'll let you go go on with your opening statement. Well, well, I feel like it's common core as much as how every student hates it, as much as how much it has ruined schools and how much it has ruined my middle school, my middle school, what happened was because of Common Core, there was, they went through this incredible transformation with the math department, making it so that every student was at the same level and there was no advanced levels. They were phasing out the advanced levels when I was exiting middle school. But as much as how Common Core really screwed stuff up and was a terrible set of standards put in place, I think it was a it was the good idea executed poorly because it was the, when the federal government attempted to create a unifying system because prior to common core, each state had their own state standards. Massachusetts had notor well, not notoriously, but Massachusetts was known for having some of the best education in the nation while country, I mean, not countries, um, states like, Midwestern states or, you know, mainly rural states had some of the worst standards. Arizona, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Arizona was near the bottom. California, I think, was at possibly the lower half when it came to state standards of education. And, I mean, and, like, the difference is, is uh, very apparent because – when I was in middle school, when they were first implementing Common Core standards, a kid from Massachusetts moved over to my community. And in my Algebra 1 class, all of us were doing normal, well, according to us, seemed like normal Algebra 1 stuff. But according to this kid from Massachusetts, he already learned imaginary numbers. He already learned imaginary numbers. He already learned negative square, uh, square roots. And that's and we wouldn't even learn that in like with our Californian standards until probably algebra two plus trig or even like pre-calc. And that's the difference. The fact that the I think Common Core was a noble step made by the government to create an overall standard. It's just if they had executed it with better standards, it would have been much more successful and much more and much more helpful to students all over the country. That's all I have. All right. So the response that I would have to that is that there are very few situations in which the federal government can institute uh, a uniform rule uh, pertaining to something. There are very few instances in which the federal government can establish a uniform rule pertaining to a certain subject or issue in which it works out uh, for all states in the union. Uh, The fact of the matter is that Common Core, while it may be good for some states, it's not good for other states. And it's not effective towards increasing education levels in some states. And if states uh, view Common Core standards as uh, efficient towards raising their education levels and uh, having an overall uh, increasingly educated uh, populace and citizenry, then they ought to be able to establish those standards on their own. But other states ought to have the ability to institute their own curriculums. So the idea of Common Core, the idea of a, uh, a national education curriculum, a federal in, uh, education curriculum, 
is uh, one, both ineffective and inefficient when looking at, uh, at all states that are affected by it. Uh, and it is also, as I've stated before, unconstitutional because the federal government does not have an enumerated power, nor does it have an, an implied power uh, towards uh, establishing a uniform rule or curriculum on education. But when we look over at the big picture, we see that, okay, rural states, states that aren't as populated as California or as you know, Massachusetts or New York, those states tend to have less and less funding for schools. So, and then, in turn, if they have less funding, they have lower standards compared to different states. Common Core was there to set an even playing field so that... I'm sorry, go on. What? Sorry, go on. Okay. Well, it established an even playing field for students from all states. It made it so that it wasn't disproportionately students from highly populated states or students from states where there's a larger emphasis on education that were able to make it to college much easier and do much more successful in life compared to students from rural states. Because we've, we see the huge gap between rural education compared to big city education. And that's partially because of the standards, not just from the funding. Funding is a completely different monster that has to be taken care of. But the fact that standards should be evened out and should be made equal to all seems like a decent idea. Because it levels out the playing field. It provides all students the same knowledge and the same opportunities to go into college. I see. I, uh... When it comes to intellectual stance. All right. So a few problems that I have with that notion. For one, uh, I think that it's, it's pretty pseudo to suggest that simply because there is more funding in an education system that the overall quality of education will improve. You look at... Uh, statistics uh, pertaining towards uh, funding for education um, across the world in countries in uh, Europe, in Asia, in Africa, in the Americas. And consistently, the United States ranks in the top three countries that provide the most funding for, uh, towards their education system. But yet we only rank, on average, uh, about 30 uh, in terms of most ed uh, educated countries in the world. Uh, then what's then what's the factor that's causing that? The factor is the, it the standards. It's well, it could be the standards. It could have to do with uh, the way that we allocate uh, learning resources and the way that we allocate students into classrooms and the number of the number of students in classrooms and the teachers that we have at the school. Uh, mainly, it's a mismanagement of resources, and uh, once again. I think that the best way in which resources could be allocated is on a individual state or local level rather than on a federal level. And we've seen in the past. Uh, but then there's rural states. Who, the rural, rural states don't have the funding to allocate those resources. Well, of course, they don't have the funding to allocate. Well, they don't have nearly enough as much funding as states like Massachusetts or California because you have because by virtue of the fact that they are rural, they have fewer people living there. And if you have fewer people living in a given area, there's going to be uh, a less amount of money that's being pulled into a public education system. So naturally, they're going to be underfunded or less funded uh, than uh, 
schools in, say, California or Massachusetts. But simply throwing money at the problem or establishing a national curriculum isn't going to help. It's not going to develop or urbanize a rural area. It has to develop on its own. Well, either way, if you want to improve the situation now, what it seems like the smarter idea was, it is currently, is to put funding into better standards development. Because if a state, if a rural state doesn't have that much funding, then it seems like there won't be, there won't be as much funding put, put into improving standards or to develop a much more advanced standard. States like California or even Massachusetts, who have who has lots of taxpayer dollars, has the money and has the educational institutions to be able to put in place or put effort into improved standards. Because currently, Californian teachers are figuring out how to be able to incorporate life skills into the classroom, while teachers in, like, let's say, Ohio or Montana are figuring out what level should we go to when it comes to math or how much uh, grammar should we be teaching? Do we even have the money to be able to um, pay for student programs like Naviance or, or even um, like different online grammar programs or even IXL? Mm-hmm. So it seems like if there's a national standard set there, the money doesn't have to be put into creating new standards. The money has to be then put into programs helping students. That's, right. that's what I feel. Well, if such a national education standard is what is uh, right for that given state or that given locality, then they would implement it. They don't need uh, a federal government to tell them what is best for them when they should figure out on their own what's best for them. Well, okay. I, I mean, I understand that point of view. And what I'm wondering is, would your opinion be different if Common Core was <clears throat> a good set of standards that was really effective? Uh, even if it were, which is by definition, impo- it was practically impossible considering the geographic size of the country. Uh, I still wouldn't support it because it's not a constitutional program. Okay. Um, I want to move on to a second issue facing education, which is um, which mainly focuses on curriculum. So, Cooper, what do you think is like some of the biggest issues facing school curriculum currently the biggest issue facing school curriculum um well speaking from personal experience at costa uh, i'd say that the curriculum at our school at least uh is more outcome driven than it is process driven and what i mean by that is when you take a class at Costa, most of the teachers and most, or most of the classes that you take are focused on uh, how you do rather than uh, 
what you gain from it or what experience you acquire from it. Uh, and I think that can best be, that can be simplified down to um, more or less a, a grade culture that has uh, arisen from the, uh, the curriculum at Miracosta. You know, uh, our great fearless principal and leader, uh, Dr. Dale, once said that, he once said that, uh, he, I believe he, he refers to uh, a B letter grade as a Costa F. And he doesn't refer to that himself because he believes that a B letter grade is a Costa F. But that is just the, gen that is the, uh, I guess you can say the culture that has come from uh, the current curriculum at Costa. Which is so it's, it's gone to a point where it's unacceptable to get anything below an A? Basically, yeah. It's the it's outcome driven. So they don't necessarily care about what you learn or how you learn it or needing to overcome uh, difficulties to learn something or to gain new experiences or new insight about uh, about the world or about the social sciences or what uh, this is mainly pertaining towards uh, social sciences more than anything else. Uh -huh. uh, but rather what letter grade you get at the end of it rather than uh, general life experience or uh, rather learning uh, principles about the world which will improve life experience and improve uh, one's ability to uh, operate in the real world and rather uh, we would rather rather our school comforts our students with inflated grades and uh, pseudo approaches towards uh, emotional health well i mean then again emotional health is a big factor in schools and student health overall um but personally i think it's just in a way we've um grades have lost their meaning because originally how i feel like is in the past Getting an A was exceptional. It was... It was... The extra 110%. That's what a grade... And that's what an A grade seemed like. And the B, it seemed like, would be the 100%. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because, like, I, go, we, I know we've what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And we've seen in the past, like, you know, getting... Like, there were... There are former teachers who say, like... You know, getting a 1350 was perfectly fine to get into college. I mean, well, I mean, 1350 might not be accurate because that's, they took, probably took the old SAT. But either way, it seems like grades have lost their meaning. And I partially think it's because I, – I, th I don't really think it's because of grade inflation. While grade inflation is a big issue, I think it's just – it's gone to a point where – we have, we're influenced by foreign competition. It doesn't seem like to be, it doesn't seem to be a issue within the United States, but it's foreign competition coming in. And when colleges see foreign competition, like Chinese students coming in with their, you know, perfect SAT scores, all A's when they come in, colleges are like, okay, yeah, we're more willing to accept them compared to U.S. students. 
since they have the better grades, they have better work habits. Another thing is the U.S., when it comes to students, student work habits are nothing compared to Chinese work habits or Japanese work habits. That's just a fact. Mm-hmm. Because in the U.S., we're, we're very focused on the arts or we're very focused on you know, having your freedom, being, enjoying yourself, being independent. While in like different countries like China or India, in developing nations, it's like you have to work towards gaining that to pull yourself out of your current social economic situation. And that's the big issue. Another thing is like a, it's a social issue within the United States that we focus too much on relaxation. I mean, not, I mean, not saying that relaxation is bad. It's just that we've begun focusing on more um, social and not really educational-oriented issues than focusing on getting the stuff done on time, not procrastinating, and you know, being extremely productive. Does that make sense? Yeah. <clears throat> the way I, I'd phrase it more that uh, our culture currently, at least in California and developed parts of the country, and I think this is reflected in our school system, is that we would much rather have our children and students feel good rather than feel challenged. We, it's often said that we in uh, LA, we live in a bubble. And that we do live uh, in a bubble. Oh, we absolutely live in a bubble. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, we absolutely live in a bubble. And a consequence of living in that bubble is that we have these. I mean, the whole subject could go into a deep topic about, you know, uh, psychology or uh, mm-hmm. a, or a subject field relating to that. But the culture of los angeles and the way that's reflected in our school system is that we want our kids to feel good we don't want them to have to uh face any sort of challenge that they may not like or they may feel intimidated by and sure that might make them feel good in the short term but in the long run they're going to fail because the real world doesn't uh sugarcoat any uh a, a traumatic event or um or uh, an uncomfortable situation or uh, or, or uh, a, a standard that you're expected to work up to that uh, you're not allowed to just uh, blow some work off and then get some extra credit at the end of the year to boost your grade up. That's just not how the world works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, uh, I think that's a culture that uh, is particularly uh, applied towards the upper middle class and upper class families. Uh, and I think that has a huge correlation with uh, the huge uh, teen suicide rate and teen depression rate in upper middle class and upper class families, as opposed to, uh, as opposed to families and individuals who live below the poverty line, who are on average actually happier. Well, I don't, I, would, I don't know if happier is the proper word, but far less depressed. More content. Than- yeah, more content uh, than those who live uh, in upper-class families. And I think that that mainly has to do with... Uh, that has to do with um, overcoming hardship, which is something that people who live 
uh, children who live in upper class families aren't necessarily exposed to because their parents fear to expose them to those sorts of things. Uh, so until we start reflecting or until we start implementing a curriculum in which we establish standards so that our students can better operate in the real world, uh, then they're not going to, then they're, they're it's just going to keep uh, repeating this cycle of, um, uh, I don't know how you would refer to it. I guess it's like this constant bit. cycle of sugarcoating. A cycle of sugarcoating, a cycle of depression, psychosis, any one of those interchangeable words. Okay. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but, I mean, then again, I, there's also a lot of counter-arguments that a lot of other students may make to your statement <laughs> by that. <laughs> yeah, I, which, I imagine. Th- yeah, that makes sense, you know. Um, well, it's in their interest to do so. Yeah. You know, yeah. Want to keep this gravy train rolling for as long as they can. <laughs> well, anyway, with um, around four more minutes left, I want to... I conducted a poll um, a few days ago. So this is a poll of around, um, I think, 150 people. So the first question was, is the education system underfunded? 72% said yes, 28% no. So um, the second question was, is Common Core a good initiative? 21% said yes, 79% said no. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's fair. But I still stand by my point that Common Core was good in its vision, but terrible at its execution. As Abraham Lincoln once said, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. <laughs> and um, finally, when it comes to state or national standards, 53% said state and 47 said national standards. So there's quite a bit of... Um, a split between state or national standards, which I mean, I, I guess that's fair. Um, and then when it comes to specific curriculum issues or like school issues in general, a lot of people said it was, you know, learning life skills or when it comes to government politics, social studies, learning about history, um, or even like the arts. I mean, I mean I'm going to be fair. The arts itself. I think school should should be a bit more pragmatic when it comes to courses. And even when it comes to even more pragmatic when it comes to math or when it comes to um, science, because yes, STEM jobs are going to continue to rise as we become more focused on technology. But in the end, if we want actual change when it comes to, I mean, if we want actual development in technology then we should be focusing or even like a majority of students who go into math or science fields there's a high chance that they won't be using like advanced calculus or like some kind of super crazy geometry and it should be it should start from high school where we begin branching off into specialized fields of study when it comes to jobs and i feel like we students coming out of college would be much more prepared to enter the job market for that 
and want that focus in social studies, <clears throat> excuse me, might or has the potential to create the social climate needed in order to usher in a younger generation of politicians instead oh. of old fat people in old Congress. Fat, old fat boomers. Yeah. I mean, is that fair? Uh, well, some parts, yeah. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, let me think about that. No, in another thing, um, there was this one response that was that was kind of funny to me, but I think all students understand. College board monopolization re. Oh, <laughs> I, I think I, <laughs> uh, I think I know who said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway, um, what were you gonna say? Uh. In response to what you had said about the need of uh, specializing in certain fields of study, uh, I think that I think that might have the potential toward to lead towards uh, a misallocation of uh, an even greater misallocation of resources. Really, I think so, because most people, uh, most students don't know what they want to do or what career path okay. they want to follow That's until fair. they get into college and sometimes not even till after college. A mm-hmm. lot of the times the jobs, uh, many times the jobs that, um, uh, uh, the, the, well, uh, what I'm saying is like a more, much more pragmatic set of standards. Pragmatic towards achieving what end? Pragmatic towards achieving a better understanding of skills that are required for jobs, not just extra skills. Like for me, I won't go into international relations. I don't need to learn how to factor this equation or how to find circumference of a circle. I don't need to figure out um, what's the molar density of uh, some substance. That's why I feel like should be done. Something more oriented for, for the students who know what they want to. There should be a much more, there should be a better course for them to orient themselves towards the passion that they want well the response that i would have to that is only students can uh discover what it is that they want to do and what career path they want to follow so in order to even on a localized and uh even on a localized scale uh uh a localized scale of establishing curriculum uh there is some necessity to have uh, uniformity in what classes uh, students take so that there will always be different avenues for students to pursue um, uh, based on the different subjects and different classes that they take. Okay, well, seeing that... uh, hmm? It is also important that students do know at least bare minimum practical uh, knowledge and facts about the natural world, like, or, or of the natural world and of, um, um, numerical and mathematical systems, like, in, uh, like biology or chemistry or calculus, like those may not be imperative towards getting a job, but they're scientific, they're, they're scientific subjects that are, that should be known, or at least that should be known by students and they should have some general understanding about how those systems work. Okay. Well, 
Um, seeing that we're a bit over, well, we're a bit over 30 minutes, but that's all right. Um, I think that's all. Uh, do you have any closing statements? Just one. Mm-hmm. Abolish the Make Department of Education. <laughs> Wait, what? Abolish the Department of Education. Ah, oh, Cooper. Oh, Cooper. Okay. Um... All right. I mean, I guess my closing statement is Common Core was a good idea, but if only, you know, if only we had some European and like Chinese professors to come in and like develop an actual like intelligent course. I'd love that. Yeah. That would be great. That would be great. Yeah. Some German professors. Yeah. You know, just like professors. Yeah. Developing a good standard instead of current u.s professors coming up with absolute bs yeah um i mean it's not saying that all u.s professors are like terrible but it's just i i don't know what they were thinking when they were making common core standards anyway um thanks for listening to this episode next week next friday we're going to be coming back within a well i guess in a way a retake of our women's rights slash abortion episode. This one with a special guest. Um, so come back and see the, uh, and find out who the special guest is. We're going to be talking about women's rights um, in general. And I think it's going to be a really interesting topic. Um, I think it will be much more less ignorant than last time. Perhaps. <laughs> Perhaps. Okay. Um, yeah, that's about it. Thanks for listening. Uh, have a nice day.